find out what is hot and what's not, based on the insights of Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante, two of the most experienced investors, agents, and home buyers in Cleveland. The latest episode of the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast discusses the latest trends in real estate investing, current pricing and development, and general market updates on buying and selling. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Riley with, once again, my uh, caffeinated partner, Mike Ferrante of Century 21. Mike, how you doing? Fantastic, Mike. Great to be here. And I know you're about to put the apron on to cook, <laughs> to cook tonight's uh, dinner at the, uh, I'm going to start calling your house, the uh, the Senior Retirement Center, the five <laughs> right. o'clock dinner. Five o'clock dinner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably be a little late today. Uh, hopefully oh, my whoops. wife doesn't get too hangry. I told I I I told you popcorn popcorn will satiate that for a good third by another 30 minutes. So um we're starting to run into some uh social problems lately. Um, you know, we call people about they want us to get together for dinner and they're like six o'clock. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> we're not we're not going out for dinner at six. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. So <laughs> I could see 7 30. But uh, not six o'clock, but yeah. be that as it may, everybody, you know, you guys get up at the crack of dawn, tending the chickens, right? <laughs> all right. All right. Enough, enough, enough ball busting. Let's get to what everybody's favorite episode on the Cleveland real estate investor, <laughs> investor which is uh, February heat check. So Mike, drum roll, drum roll, Melanie, let's get the, uh, let's get the numbers. And it is an adventure. So I think that was a, a slip that is going to work because uh, we're starting to see some of that shift in the market that we've been talking about, sort of a normalization to keep reusing that that term. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's there's one number that really shocked me when I ran this, Mike, and we actually dipped down to only 731 sales for the month of January. And I was kind of curious how that compares to past years and how it compares to years of the recession, you know, when we had the crash of 08 and then, you know, the next four years were just abysmal for the real estate market. Uh, but just to kind of put this in perspective, we, you know, we've been hovering in the winter, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 sales. Uh, last year was 1,088, and we dipped down to 731 sales. And that's what all the experts have been saying, is that a combination of low inventory still and high interest rates was going to reduce the number of transactions. So I was kind of curious. I went back five years, and we didn't get that that low. Uh, five years ago was 891 sales. I this had to is, go a, all this the is in the month of January, right? For, right, for the month of January, exactly. Exactly. So I went back five years thinking, oh, man, so that, you know, we probably dipped that low or close to that low. And and actually, uh, um, January of 19 was uh, 838 and 891 in January of 18. So 731 is low, but it's not like catastrophically low. And and the reason I'm saying that is I, I went back to the year 2011 when we're in the throes of the recession. Right. It's it's as bad as it's going to get, you know, pretty much. January of 2011, 485 sales. That's how low we got. 
<laughs> so that's that's that is uh considered the bottom right when you oh. get down <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean we were dying agents were leaving the business homes were taking 6 to 12 months to sell if they could even sell at all so all all the doomsayers out there you know saying oh we're going to see these these low numbers you know yes it is lower than it was and until the inventory problem is sorted out which is not going to be a quick fix these increasingly high interest rates are going to keep buyers out of the market and it's going to reduce the number of sales. What was the number of sales January of last year? Uh, 1,088. Wow. Yep. So yeah. it's, and, uh, and, and it stays pretty, 30% con- drop. Yeah. 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 Seven, seven thirty-one. Yeah. Almost a 30% drop. Uh, and just to give you an idea, going back uh, the year before that, you know, 20 was uh, 918 year before that was 838. Uh, but keep in mind, you know, when we start talking about January of 21, that's the right in the heart of this crazy COVID. hot market that we had. Well, and, and, but prior to COVID, the only month that really took a hit we we had two months that really took a hit during COVID, and that was March and April. By May, May, June, July, more than made up for the number of sales we lost when COVID was at its height. Right, and people were going outside. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They they were comfortable being outside. They just didn't want to be inside right. somebody's house. I you know I can see that. So all right. So we're what's our, what's the number seven twenty one seven hundred thirty one sales last month. And okay. when you compare it to the last two years, yeah, you're down 30%. But the last two years are almost like throwaway. You just have to I say, know. wow, that was an anomaly. The normal number of sales for January's is 918, 838, 891. Okay. So when you look at 731, it's not a 30% drop. It's more like a 15% drop in number of sales. Do you think the uh, the average buyer is thinking to themselves, I got to figure out what's going on with interest rates before I jump into the pool. Or is it just that, you know, the boom buying has run its course and there's no, there's not as many buyers out there. Definitely fewer buyers. Your average buyer is scratching their heads saying a couple of things. First of all, do I even want to buy a house now? Because they have this remorse over saying, gosh, uh, Eight months ago, I could have got a three or a 3.5% rate. Now I'm going to pay. Well, they got back down to close to six. Um, But, you know, they're hovering between six and seven. So rates are double what they could have got last year. So there's this remorse. But then the second part of it is you've got a bunch of people who want to move up, but they're sitting on a house, maybe seven years into a mortgage. And they're saying, gosh, I'm going to go buy a house and have a six and a half percent mortgage. I'm sitting on three or, you know, three and a half percent. Am I really going to do that? So so they have this, they're hanging on to this low mortgage they have thinking, do I really want to make this move? Now, you're are you speculating or are you actually talking to potential buyers? Oh, we, we hear this all the time, you know, and, okay. and I'm not just talking Cleveland here. This is the same problem that real estate professionals all over the country are having. This is this is what buyers are telling them. I'm not exactly sure I want to. I've got a great mortgage and why move? Is That's that what right. Okay. Exactly. They're, they're saying, they're saying, I'd like to move, but is the motivation for moving strong enough to make me give up this low mortgage I have and buy a house at a higher rate 
and I'm getting less house than I could have got a year ago. They, they, they still have that FOMO of, oh man, I could have done this last year. And now I can only afford 400 instead of 500 and I can't quite get the house that I wanted. Right. Right. I see. Well, that, but the, but prices are coming down from where they were a year ago, aren't they? Well, so that's another number that we look at. Great segue, Mr. Riley. So everyone is thinking, well, prices are going to start crashing because the number not, of transactions. They're not crashing. Fall. They're they're not correct. Crashing. Correct. Not crashing, but they are dropping. Now, the big question, of course, is are they dropping more than is usual for winter? Because as we talk about any time we do a heat check here, we know we just automatically have more transactions in the warm months. And in winter, things slow down. We know yeah. prices drop, number of transactions drop. So to compare it to what is typical for winter, our median sale price last month dropped to 160000 So everyone was saying, gosh, but wasn't it over two hundred back in the summer? Yes, it sure was. Uh, but if but if you compare year over year, January of 22, it was 170,000. So that is the biggest drop I've seen in a while. And we actually dipped year over year. Um, so, yeah, prices are down a little bit. But again, not the catastrophic drop. They're not that crashing. We saw. OK, not crashing. We, OK, let's 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 back up a little. Let's rewind the tape. So the because uh, we're talking about so many numbers here. So prices have dropped a little right? Not, you know, they're not uh, crashing, but they dropped a little. So the average price per sale uh, last year was what? What did you say? 170? So a year ago in January, they dropped the median price dropped to 170. And just for a, a frame of reference, over the summer of that same year, we got up close to 200. Okay. Now, now 2022, Again, things were still still pretty crazy, but that's when the rate started going up. The highest we got was June of 2022. We hit 211,000 median wow. sale price. Wow. And now, you know, we dip we started dipping into the 180s and January was 160, which is it was is an all-time low for a while. Uh last time we were down to 160 was uh, uh let's see, looks like March of 21. Okay. All right. Um well, here's the here's the kicker. Prices have dropped. So let's talk about that buyer who's on the sidelines, you know, sticking their finger up in the wind, see which way it's blowing. Um, interest rates are up, but I think they're kind of reached their peak. That that's my my feeling. I think you're they're going to stabilize. There's no more rate increases coming. I think adjustable rates would be a very appealing play for somebody Agreed. buying. Mm-hmm. And uh, but prices have come down, so you're paying more in the interest rate. But does it balance itself out? Because I, the high the I house so. you're going to buy is 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 down. Well, yeah. And the other part of this was all these buyers who were getting shut out for the past two years. Even if they were able to buy, they were all competing and driving that price so far up, going over the list price and giving right. away the farm, no inspections, not asking for anything, paying appraisal gaps where even if the house didn't appraise, they would bring more cash. You know, now there's less competition. So so you do have that relief. And with prices actually dipping a little more than we're used to. I think that you have to sort of weigh that higher rate. And again, like you said, take a look at some of these other options like the adjustable rate mortgages, maybe buying down your rate in the short term with some points. 
and sellers are once again starting to have to negotiate, you know, paying costs. You know, why right. not get a seller to pay $5,000 in your closing costs so you can buy down your rate for a couple of years? Well, see, Mike, this is why, you know, plug for you and your team at Century 21. This is why you need to have a pro handling it. I mean, a professional real estate person who's talking this kind of lingo, not somebody doing this part-time, they've got their real estate license, but we're, we're talking now about somebody who can be your negotiator, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody wants to sell, you want to buy and, and you need somebody there who's going to close the gap to, to make it, to make it feasible. Well, put. Um, okay. So, but let me go see if we can go a little bit inside the numbers. The people buying with how many of those were first time buyers, investors, somebody who wants to move out of their house to a bigger house, wants to downsize. Is it, can you, can you read uh, those tea leaves that way? So the numbers I have don't really get into that, but I can kind of speak in generalities. One thing that uh, real estate professionals just didn't really have their finger on the pulse of is how big a segment of the market millennials would be. And again, I don't have the exact numbers, but it's something crazy. It's It, it, it rivals the baby boomer generation as far as, the segment of the market that they are as far as buyers. So so figure most of your millennials are first-time buyers. And while everyone was saying, oh, millennials don't want to buy houses, they, you know, they don't want to get involved in that. They they just want to, you know, play their video games and rent. Totally not the case. It's completely opposite. Exactly. Millennials yeah. are making up a huge segment of the buyers on the real estate. I mean, I want to say it's like uh 30% or something like that. I could try to have that number next time we talk, but it is a huge segment of the market that rivals the baby boomers. Yeah. And you know, I, I can speak anecdotally, probably like you can, but I remember last year, I don't know how many times I heard a millennial, like a, a niece of mine or somebody's friend, and they all said the same thing. They were just getting shut out left and right, trying to buy mm -hmm. a house. They, and, and, you know, and they were the ones that were just bidding it up. In fact, uh, we had a uh, one of our listeners. Now, this is a interesting story. You're going to love this, and listeners out there around the world. <laughs> but we had I had a guy reach out to me last week. Carlos, his son Javier. I'm not going to name any last names, but they bought the house on my street, Blackmore Road, up the street. And they paid a little bit more than what was asking because they really wanted to lock in the house. And, you know, Carlos's son, Javier, is going to med school. And Carlos found my street, Blackmore, and Forest Hill because he listens to the podcast. And they live in Phoenix. Wow. And they checked out Forest Hill as a result. And uh, they bought a house that we actually... Uh, along with my LA investor guys about three, four years ago, we all teamed up and we fixed up this foreclosure. We used to call it Blackmore three and uh beautiful house. Perfect for Javier, quiet street. Well, you know, my street It's super oh, yeah. quiet, uh, safe neighborhood and, you know, five minutes to uh, uh, case med school. So it's a perfect um, opportunity, but you know, Carlos was saying we were getting shut off left and right. Yeah. Uh, 
when we were going to the market. And there's another millennial for you. Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you understand or should understand the pitfalls of investing in Cleveland real estate. Say you're looking for an investment property to rent, and these are the things that could happen and often do. You overpay for a house and it's in the ghetto. Then you find that it's a money pit with endless surprise repairs. Your hapless property manager, who may be the brother-in-law of the realtor, gets a tenant who after three months stops paying the rent. Then the toilet explodes and you have nobody to repair it because guess what? The property manager is not answering the phone. Yep, that's the ugly side of the Cleveland real estate market. But we have a solution. Buy one of our properties. It's been inspected. It's been vetted. It's in a rock-solid part of town. It comes with a gold star tenant paying top dollar rent. And we manage it. Call us at 216-371-8160 if you're interested. Yeah, actually, and I pulled up through the power of the internet, I pulled up some National Association of Realtor stats. Uh, it looks like 43% of the buyers last year were millennials, up from 37% the year before, 2021. So over 40% of the home buyers, millennials. Okay. Now, let me ask you another question. I don't know, maybe this is more anecdotal, but the people that want to downsize. They live in these half a million dollar homes, which, hey, people out there, half a million dollars is a, is a lot of money to oh, spend yeah. on a Here house in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. It may be a garage in New York or uh, LA, but here it's, uh, you know, it's a five bedroom house. But uh, we have our uh, customer on uh, Edge Hill Road in Cleveland Heights who want to downsize and they've got that, uh, you know, what, what was it? 6,000 square, square feet house. Yeah. Plus the third floor, you know, we, so we, we think it's around seven, 7,500 square feet, yeah, 7,500 square feet. I think it's got like nine bedrooms and, uh, they had a bunch of kids, but they're down to one kid. The rest are in college or out of college and they both work at home and they want out. They want to downsize. Now has the price on some, on some of these Cleveland Heights, Shaker Heights, mansions have they dropped more than your average you know three four bedroom starter homes well here's what i can tell you when there are changes in the market the luxury end of the market tends to be affected more and more quickly so your entry-level homes those are still going to be moving briskly selling fast but yeah i think your luxury market your 600 500 and up is uh yeah that's right luxury 500 600 and up but yeah that that gets affected more quickly so i think you're going to see those drops in prices longer market times uh but again you know market time last month 36 days to sell a house now that's the whole market i haven't segmented it by by luxury but you're 100% right luxury gets affected more and more quickly yeah and i think what i was telling my my customers and this is when i say customers uh because we have a contracting business but we're going to bring you in, Mike, for the listing, is that um, they got it for a great price. 
because they bought it seven, eight years ago. So they they were coming. This this thing went from six hundred and fifty thousand in 06 down to half that cost uh when they bought it. Um it's a ran it's a century high. I mean, it was built probably 1910, 1920. But um, you know, they got some fix up to do. But I told them, and you tell me uh if I was blowing smoke or not, but I told them at our meeting today that if you have this house fixed up so it doesn't look like a rehab is needed, wash the windows, landscaping, get it all clean, paint it, stuff like that, and you price it fairly, uh, not like you're on crack, but fairly, um, it'll sell within 30 days. But comments? Yeah, I mean, definitely once we get out of the winter months here, I think you're going to see market times dip back down under 30 uh, if we were to list it right now, you know, no. February, it, it probably not. Uh, no. We'd probably be looking at 45 days more likely. No. Well, no, this is where we're looking at our advanced models, our weather models. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I told them, let's have this teed up, ready to go late March. Perfect timing. Yeah. I, you know, we're hitting the market right as school is ending, right as the more buyers are entering the market. And I think you're 100% right. Now, buyers in the higher price ranges are a little pickier, uh, but yeah, I still I still contend that cleaned up, move-in ready, it doesn't have to be 100% updated, uh, but, you know, buyers in these higher price ranges don't want projects. So, you know, we're going oh, tell me back about to the time, yeah. right? I mean, they, the last thing someone in this price range, they, they will trade dollars for time. They don't want right. to, they'll go, they'll move on to another house if they don't have to change out the purple carpet or the, right. you know, crazy wallpaper. Right. Uh, you know, uh, just wrap this thing up, but talk about, you know, the luxury market. You think about the house we bought last summer, Mike, the, our Fairmont Mansion house, which uh, those of you out there who might want to visit Cleveland, if you uh, go to uh, RileyProperties.com and um, you can see our flagship. We have t three really super nice houses that we bought, sold a bunch of our, you know, four bedroom, three, four bedroom houses last year and used that money, redeployed it into the mansion. But as I said in past podcasts, that mansion we bought uh, from an LA investment group that had it for a year. I mean, they they had it start at a million dollars, got dropped to 900. Um, we countered, we offered 785. They countered, you know, at 820. But man, that house needed a lot of work on the outside. It was amazing. You know, it needed painting. It was weeds everywhere. Did you see the house before, uh, uh, you know, when we bought it, Mike, on the outside? Of course. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it it was like your typical, if you go back to our old podcast, it was your typical, gosh, it just needs some elbow grease to make it look so much better. But this was a massive house. So your elbow grease, it's not like your typical 1,400 square foot house. It's like right. doing that five times over. Right, exactly. And we were able to knock it out, but still... Uh, we probably spent two weeks, I would say 50, 60,000 retail to, you know, get the wood repaired and clean the koi pond and, you know, the whole weed and landscape, stuff like that. So, yeah, most of the work was on the outside. So anyways, um, yeah, and, and that's, you know, that when you get the high end buyer, um, they're not looking to do anything, right? That's right. You know, if they don't. If they don't like something, they'll change it. 
but they don't want a project. They want to move into their house and not have to say, oh, well, before we can even move in, we've got to tear out all the carpet and get new flooring. No, right. that's that's you do that with luxury homes and you will take a beating. Right. Right. OK. All right. So um, looming ahead is we're talking about the advanced uh, weather <laughs> forecast, but looming ahead, let's sort of late March. What's your prediction on what our spring market's going to be? Well, I think the next two months are going to be really important. Uh, are we going to continue to see that number of sales drop dramatically, or is the typical cycle of Northeast Ohio real estate going to take effect? I predict that it's going to have an uptick. I, you know, I think that. So uh, do I. You know, I just can't imagine that sales are going to go contrary to the cyclical nature of Northeast Ohio. You're going to see February uptake a little bit, March a little more. And then by April, May, June, your market times are going to be back down under 30. And your, I think your prices will recover. So, you know, if I'm looking in my crystal ball and you're looking to buy something, I think scour those listings and uh, deals because for the next couple of months, I think that, that's your chance to to grab something while the market has kind of cooled off. Right. Come, come April, May, June, I think it's going to be competitive again, but not like it was the last couple not, of years. Not crazy, but not LA yeah. competitive. Exactly. Yeah. So those the, looking, so well, those looking say, to buy, go ahead, Mike. Well, I was going to say, you know, and, and people are going to say, yeah, but why? It, it, the reason is the inventory level. You know, we we still don't have enough inventory. Inventory dropped again last month, uh, we're, we're down to 2,170 listings. And where we really need to be is somewhere between four and five, maybe 6,000 listings for there to be enough for the buyers that are out there. And that's, you know, I say 4,000 because yeah, there's fewer buyers, but we're at like half the number of listings that we really need to, to be back to what we call a normal market here. Right. And that's putting a floor in the pricing. So yeah. um, this is a good time for you people looking to buy good time is now because i think uh if you're you're thinking of buying a house don't wait for the spring wait i mean get it in february uh get it in early march because i think a lot of people that are listing their houses now are, are probably worried about um you know how the you know interest rates are going to affect uh you know housing their housing price so this is a good time to, I mean, again, this is how we got into the, uh, you know, our mansion, because I think our LA group and you dealt with their realtor, he was very professional guy. I think they were saying, Hey, you know, we, we need to unload this before interest rates really knock, knock our price down. Yeah, right? I, I, I agree. I think we caught them at just the right time. So, but, um, so buyers out there, it's time to buy sellers out there. Wait, wait another six weeks. Right, <laughs> you know, if you can afford to wait, I, I definitely agree that, you know, there's really no rush to get to market. The only wild card is those interest rates. If we see another 1% rate hike on mortgages, it could stall things out a little more. Um, but I, I don't see us getting to double digits anytime soon. I think whether it's six, whether it's seven, buyers are still going to buy. Right. And that's historically not not out of whack there. And if you get and if you get an adjustable rate, it's it's going to be more like five, which is historically, I think, more of the sweet spot between four and five. So okay, Mike, uh next week, 
land contracts. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that because we, we on our end at Riley Painting and Contracting, RileyProperties.com, we've got a couple of our long-term tenants who want to buy. And they're, they're, uh, they walked away from their house. They got into one of our houses and the goal was, okay, three years in purgatory. Now it's time to buy and we're going to write a land contract uh, which is going to be their uh, pathway to getting back into the home ownership. So I want you to bone up on land contracts. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we, we got real good at that during the crash because we had all those reluctant landlords doing rent to owns and renting their properties out. Yeah, so well, I, I, they, they got screwed those people, those yeah. rent to owns. So, um, yep. But I'm not interested in getting screwed. But my my tenants are really, really great people. So everybody's working together on this. But we're going to go through, you know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and making sure that the people who are buying the land, who are the buyers, and we're the bank as the seller, um, have some major uh, skin in the game. That's the key. So that was coming up, a very exciting episode. For everybody. Meanwhile, February heat check. I'm looking outside. It's gray. It's cold. There's no leaves on the trees. I'm aching to get back to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, I'm going to have to deal with this in February. So, Mike, I know the kitchen is calling, so I'm going to let you go. All All right. right, Mike. Pleasure as always. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll talk next week. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley. Please add our show or follow us on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. Leave a like or comment on the video. All engagement is appreciated. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well for video content coming soon. For any Cleveland listeners or Cleveland Browns fans, you can check out our other podcast, Cleveland Browns Anonymous, for our weekly group therapy session. This is also on all the same platforms as the Cleveland Real Estate Investor.